Hey everybody, this is Steve Hannett, your host of the Be Healed podcast. I want to welcome you to today's episode. We're going to be getting into this idea that there is a difference, oh my goodness, a big difference between religion and the power of God. And when you grab this difference, it's going to result in you getting healed. So stick with us all the way to the end. We've got our brother and co-laborer and leader of every house, Pastor John Napar. He's the pastor of Bethel Church in New Jersey, and he is a man who flows in the Holy Spirit. It's what I love about him. You're going to sense that as you hear from him. He was recently on the podcast speaking about the idea that Jesus is alive, and he made this statement that that religion uh, is different from the power of God. He's going to describe what that means and how knowing that difference is going to get you healed. So, John, great to be with you again on the Be Healed podcast. Thank you so much, Pastor Steve. It's great to be here once again. You know, religion is a term that everybody seems to know, no matter where you are in the world, your background, your culture. We know the world uh, is full of religion. We also know that a lot of people don't want religion. In fact, a lot of people I've met, and I think you too, say things like, well, I'm not really that religious, but I'm spiritual. Yeah. And so talk with us about first, what do we mean by religion so that we can understand that there's a difference between that and the power of God? What, how would you define religion the way the world refers to religion? Yeah, it, it, it's a good question. And, you know, it, it, it's interesting that you mentioned that so many people don't want religion, particularly the younger generations, right? And, and when we think about religion, I, I think the world has a desire to encounter God, but I don't think that they know how to actually do it because they're trying to encounter an empty shell. Right. So there's a a scripture in the word of God that says that you have a form of godliness, but deny its power. Mm. And I don't think that's people's intention when they say I'm religious or I want to become religious. I think people truly want to encounter God. However, I think we live in a world that in so many cases doesn't know how to. We've been given this idea that we encounter God through a series of rituals or rites and things like that. And it puts us in front of the building, so to speak, but it can never, ever allow us to walk through the door. Mm. So this is a, an interesting perspective or how you're defining this, that religion is a way that you're trying to encounter God. It's a, a form or a process to commune with God. Now, you've done work in Indonesia. Yes. um, And you've had uh, ministry experience with those who are in the Islamic faith, who are Muslim. Um, And when I'm thinking about this, I really respect the dedication of many Muslims uh, because they're very serious and they're very faithful to their way. But I also see that they're trying to do things 
to try to encounter God. Can you talk with us from your experience on the mission field? Uh, does this apply to this situation? It, it most certainly does. And I would like to say that many of the Muslim people that I've encountered in my life, they have a zeal for God, a desire for God, and a love for God that most of the Christians that I meet do not. And that's evidenced by their discipline and their willingness to do things that we will not do, like fast for an entire month or pray five times a day, wake up at four o'clock in the morning to pray. So many things that we won't do. The problem, however, is that what they're trying to do is encounter, by, encounter God by rising to him rather than knowing a God who came to us. To, to me, this is critical, right? God, God loves us so much that he came down from heaven to us, doesn't try to raise us up into heaven before uh, we have the ability to do that. An interesting thought, Pastor Steve. I was in Indonesia one time and I was out uh, walking and it was around 12 o'clock in the afternoon. And in, the, in Indonesia, it's the largest Muslim population in the world, by the way. They have something called the Azan, which you know as the Muslim call to prayer. And at 12 noon, every loudspeaker in the city went off. Whoever was doing something stopped what they were doing. And all of these people began to pray. And I thought to myself, my goodness, could you imagine if those who us who knew the living God had the same zeal to come together in unity mm. and pray to him at the same time? Could you imagine the power of God that would be released on the earth? Yeah. The, wow. the, problem, the problem is that in any religion, whether it be Islam, the religion of Christianity, Buddhism, whatever the religion is, simply following a ritual of rites and different rules and regulations or whatever it may be, it doesn't release the power of God because we don't actually encounter the living God through that. So let, let's take another world religion, another major, major one. Um, let's take uh, the system of Catholicism. Yeah. Um, where they're trying to approach God frequently through what are known as sacraments and, um, and through works of charity, uh, works of love or good deeds. Completely different from Islam. But would you say that it's still following the same pattern or the definition that you're giving saying, even though the traditions are different, there are many elements that are still done. Like the direction that you're presenting is we're trying to get to God through the system. Yeah. I, I would think there's a lot of similarities actually between the sacraments and the five pillars of Islam. There, there are ways, there are things that, that you have to do in order to work your way to God rather than simply receiving what God did in order to, to redeem us. The, the problem with any religion is that there's no redemption in it. They may teach you how to be a good person or something along those lines, but it lacks redemption. It, it lacks salvation. There's no forgiveness of sin in it. 
Let me press you a little bit. You made the statement, the religion of Christianity. Yes. So we've spoken about Islam. We've spoken about Catholicism. Well, now let's talk about what you refer to as the religion yeah. of Christianity. Somehow you're making a distinction that there's something that's religious about Christianity. Are we as Christians maybe falling prey to the same faulty system of religion too? I think oftentimes, unfortunately, we do. In our last podcast, we talked about Jesus being alive and about Jesus being active among us and Jesus being one with us. This is very different than encountering some rituals within a religion and trying to make myself feel better by going to church once a week or only praying when I'm in crisis or, or whatever it may be. And oftentimes we don't even realize when we've religiousized, for lack of a better term, something, because it's become so much a part of our culture that even somebody who is supposedly has a born again experience can still turn it into a form of godliness with no power. Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking, too, in many Christian traditions, the idea of legalism. Yes. Um, you know, this idea that they're caught in this very complicated idea. You need to dress this way, walk this way, can't do this, can't do that. And if they fall in these ideas, then they they won't be saved, that there's still an idea of a gospel of works. Um, what What is amazing, and I think what every one of us need to understand is that that the idea of trying to encounter God through our effort goes all the way back to Adam and Eve. Yes. Trying to, and here's the term, cover themselves with fig leaves. And, and it, 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 it was insufficient. And, and we know that God, uh, it says in Genesis, actually sacrifices an animal, blood was shed, and he did it, and he covered them with animal skins. And so there's this whole other approach that is truly the Christian message, that it isn't what we do to get to God, because we can't get to God, because we're not good enough we're not holy enough. We, we can't cross that chasm between our depravity and his holiness. But there's a verse that I'd like to bring up with you and help us to understand. A verse I think is critical to understand the true message of the gospel. It's in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18. And it says, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. If we've discussed what doesn't work right now, and that's human effort to encounter God, what is this speaking about? What will work? What's interesting about that, and I love the way that ends, is with the power of God. Because that's what we've been talking about in our last two sessions is the power of God. You know, it, it's interesting because I was up in Toronto one time 
and I was speaking to the congregation and they all looked at me like I was crazy, but I was kind of doing it on purpose. I, I, I opened up the sermon by making the statement that I will never go to church again. Mm. And they all looked at me with this strange look on their faces. And I kind of sewed them back together saying, by saying, well, uh, how can I go to church if I am the church? See, part of the problem with religion and the difference between Christianity is that in the true Christian experience, or to truly become a disciple of Christ, we become something different. We become a member of something, a member of Jesus Christ's body that allows us to encounter him, not just on our, on our own, but within community. Most Christians, if I were to ask them, what is Christianity? They would answer that question by saying it is a relationship with Jesus Christ. And the problem is that it's only half true. It, it's almost like you talked about a covering in the Garden of Eden, right? We use church as a covering just to try to cover ourselves up once a week to make ourselves feel better. But mm. church isn't intended to be a covering. It's intended to be a living organism. Mm. So to me, the true, the true definition of Christianity is a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and a personal relationship with the body of Christ. If we don't have both of those things together, then we are incomplete because we're not part of Christ's body. And this is, this is the difference between religion because we encounter Jesus Christ in two ways, by personal revelation and then by other members of his body, other cells, other pieces mm. of the body. And to me, this is so important because it allows us to truly be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ on earth. It allows us to be the image of God and not just look like God, but have the experience of him in our lives. So the other big thing that you've mentioned is about the direction that religion is man trying to get to God. But true, the true message of the gospel is God comes to us. The message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. Yeah, we've got to get this because people will really feel like they're going to encounter God and then they try to pray for healing and it doesn't come. And they say, but how come I haven't killed anybody? I've gone to church. I've done this. I've done this. I've done this. I've done this. They're actually in that old paradigm or the wrong box thinking that if I do all these things, I'll somehow earn healing. Well, you're not going to earn healing. Healing is not something that you can earn. Salvation, getting to heaven, is not something that you can earn with your good deeds. So John 3.16, a famous Christian verse in the Gospel of John, says, For God so loved the world that he gave. See, he did it. God did it. He gave Jesus Christ. And you made a statement in the last podcast, that Jesus Christ is the power of God. This is right from the text of 1 Corinthians chapter 1. It says, verse 24, But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. I, I, I want to ask you, do we, could we and should we literally say, I'm going to put aside all my effort to try to get right with God 
and I'm going to receive Jesus Christ as the power of God, the wisdom of God. You know, I love that you brought up John 3.16, because everybody knows that scripture. But almost nobody knows John 3.17 through 21, which says, For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but the world through him might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God. And this is the condemnation that the light has come into the world, but men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light that his deeds may be clearly seen. The point that I'm making here is that we have to come to the light and receive Jesus Christ into our lives in order to receive that salvation and in order to receive that healing. Everything comes from the standpoint of our receiving something from God, which is what religion cannot teach you to do. There's not a receive, there's not an exchange of God in religion. The beauty of Christianity and the, and the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news is that God sent his only son into the world that we might be saved. So talk with us about verse 18 again and the idea that this somehow was done on the cross. Yeah. What specifically was done on the cross and how does that relate to the healing? Because if we get that, the healing is going to flow. Yeah. So what most of us don't realize is that we're born separated from God. So no matter what you do in your life, no matter how much you try to earn him, you're still separate from God until you receive the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. The power of the cross is that in Jesus Christ, we're reconnected to God. And this is why salvation exists only in Christianity, because there's no other way to connect to God except by having your sin not atoned for or covered like the fig leaves, but actually having that sin, that iniquity that separates you from God removed, thus allowing us to be reconnected to God. And again, through the cross, which is foolishness to so many, the power of God is received into our lives, which not only brings us everlasting life, but it brings us new life even in our flesh. Mm. Because the creative power of God is now alive in us once more. So good. So now we become whole spirit, soul, and body. All right, so first he's restoring us back to relationship through the cross because he's dying for our sins. He's paying the punishment for our sins. And Galatians 13 says something powerful. I'm sorry, uh, Galatians chapter 3, verse 13 says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Yes. And sickness is part of that curse. Yeah, the law brings wrath. And that's what people don't realize. We try to live according to the law, 
But every time we do that, we're just re-implementing the wrath of God into our lives. Oh, my goodness. So that means now as we're trying to do our best to follow all these rules and we keep falling down in them, all we're doing is reinforcing the verdict of guilt on our own yes. lives. We're, we're just recursing ourselves in essence. Which is taking us the opposite direction from healing. Completely other way. When true repentance is not a turning away from your works, it's a turning toward God. Right? We try to repent by not doing bad things rather than turning toward God. I'll, I'll turn away from my sin, right? But that doesn't work. The only thing that works is turning toward God and allowing him to remove the sin. Yeah, you've got to put them together. I've got to, I've got to change my mind about who God is. I've yes. got to repent, but I can't stop there. I've got to go and say, I'm going to receive this Lord Jesus and receive what he did. You know, even in... In Galatians 3.13, if we listen to the language real carefully, it's emphasizing the point. Christ has redeemed us. Well, we just learned that Christ is the power and the wisdom of God. So if we put it together, the power of God, the wisdom of God has redeemed us, means bought us back. It's not our power. It's not our wisdom. You know, Pastor Steve, so many of us have the wrong idea and are afraid of the wrong spiritual entity, if you will, because we're afraid of the devil who actually has no power over our soul. Because what we're saved from is the wrath of God. It's the wrath of God that will be poured out in the end of time. And if you read through the, through the New Testament, you'll see in many, many places where we're warned about the wrath of God that is to come. Mm-hmm. So salvation is not deliverance from the power of the devil. Salvation is deliverance from the wrath of God. In John chapter 3, it said, he who doesn't believe in him is condemned already. We're already under the wrath of God. And what the cross does is it removes the wrath of God in our lives and allows us to reconnect with God to become eternal and allow the power of God to flow into our lives. So if, if, we, if we looked at the meta-narrative or the big story of God, if we put this together real quickly in a framework, God creates mankind to be with him, to dwell with him, and to glorify him. Mankind chooses to follow the devil's voice of temptation and disobeys God. The wrath of God is now therefore released on sin, which put man underneath the devil. Yes. And then it was the power of God that released us from the wrath of God, which consequently translates us back into relationship with God. This makes perfect sense, because if it's the wrath of God, then it must be the sacrifice of God that will deliver us from the wrath of God. Nothing else is going to be big enough. I, I want you to hear right now, who's ever listening, whatever your religious background is, I want you to ask this question. How do you know that what you're doing and, and, and what you're doing is going to be powerful enough or effective to remove you from the wrath of God from sin. How do you know that what you're doing is actually causing you to encounter God? I want you to hear this, that that you have a creator who loves you, and he wants to be your father. He wants to be the one who saves your life, but he's telling you today through this podcast, through the message of the gospel, that you can't do it. And maybe I'm speaking to somebody, in fact, I believe I'm speaking to somebody now who's so tired of trying to earn God's favor. 
And even if you're sick, you can't earn your healing. So now is the day. Today is a good day that you can realize that God is saying to you, you no longer have to try to do works to remove my wrath. You have to receive my offering, my sacrifice, who is my son, Jesus Christ, on the cross. And I will remove the judgment of sin against your life because I will remove your sin. Wherever you are, whatever country you're in, whatever background you're in, you need to receive the work of God because he's not receiving your works. He's telling us to receive his work, and his work is the sending of Jesus Christ and putting Jesus on the cross and Jesus' work to take our sin and to offer us his righteousness and forgiveness. When this happens, you are ready to receive salvation and healing. We're preparing you to receive the goodness of God. Pastor John, will you pray for us? Yes. To receive the work yeah. of God. Hallelujah. And, and I would just like to, to end with one final thought here that no matter who you are, where you are in the world, what your religion is, I want you to know that God loves you. John 3.16 that we quoted earlier said God so loved the world. It's the word cosmos. It means the world and everything in it and everyone in it. God already chose you. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son by sending Jesus Christ to the cross. He already chose you. He already loves you. He has already redeemed you. You simply need to receive that redemption. You just need to make that exchange from religion to the power and the love of God. So, Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that everybody listening today would receive the love, the power, and the salvation of God. I pray today that you would receive Jesus Christ into your heart. Jesus Christ is the way, he's the truth, and he is the life. And no one comes to the Father except through him, because he is the only one who can redeem you. So, Father, I thank you. I thank you, and I pray, Lord, that all those in the sound of my voice who have received him today would also receive their healing in the name of Jesus. That the power of God would begin to flow into your body. That your body would begin to line up, that it would begin to function properly, that organs would begin to function, that hearts would be healed. I pray, Lord, that every disease be healed. I pray, Lord, that every emotional torment be removed right now in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray that everybody here would receive the love of Jesus Christ and the salvation of Jesus Christ by receiving Jesus. Father, I thank you for who you are. 
for loving us so much that you would send your son into the world, that you would become flesh, that you would become like us and die on the cross so that we may be saved, so that we may be healed, spirit, soul, and body. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Oh, God, I thank you so much. I, I want you to know we should all be thanking God and praising God because he has done the work. It is finished. It is. And finished. we can walk in it. I want to tell you, if you've received Jesus Christ, seek out a good local church that teaches the Bible and seek out a life that says, I'm going to follow Jesus. Today was your first step. Contact us. Let us know about this decision. You can email us at contact at everyhousenow.org. You can go to our website, everyhousenow.org, and you can also message us through there. We will help you on your journey. We'll even help you, if possible, to get you connected and begin walking that life of a disciple. I pray that you've been blessed today, healed today, and we look forward to continuing our relationship with you. Make sure you follow this podcast, share it, share it with a friend. Let somebody else know about it. They need to know what God has done for them too. So go ahead and share it with them. And we want to invite you to join our online community. And you can do that by texting the word healing to the number 94,000. Just text healing to 94,000 and you will join our online community. Well, we love you. We love Jesus. Pastor John, thank you so much. We look forward to having you back on the Be Healed podcast. And we will talk with all of you next week. God bless you. Thank you for listening to the Be Healed podcast today. I'd love to connect with you on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Steve Hannett. And you can get a lot of our latest information and announcements there. Also, would love for you to know about our TV program called The Miraculous Life. It airs on Sid Roth's It's Supernatural Network, also known as ISN. You can go to their website. You can download the app ISN on your phone. And you can listen to it also on our YouTube channel. Just go to youtube.com forward slash Steve Hannett. There's amazing teachings and testimonies of God's power healing people and breaking through. Truly, he calls us to live in his grace and peace. Well, until next week, may Jesus Christ lead you, guide you, and establish you in the fullness of his grace and power. Be sure to share this podcast with someone who you know it will bless, and I look forward to talking with you next week. God bless you. Be Healed is a production of Every House a church network whose mission is to contribute to the work of the Great Commission by reaching the lost, establishing churches, and cultivating leaders throughout the world. If you'd like to give a tax-deductible gift to support this ministry, simply visit our website at stevehannett.com and click the Donate button. We thank you in advance for your prayer and support.